Each of the past four weeks, we have followed Charlie Brown's search for the true meaning and purpose of this season. Charlie Brown first asked his uh, friend Lucy for some advice, and she told him that what he needed most was more involvement. He needed to be the director of the Christmas play. He needed to be in control. And we learned that we all like to be in control, don't we? But that's not what Christmas is all about. In fact, Christmas is more about our giving control back to God, the God who created us, if we truly want to find meaning and purpose in our life. Charlie Brown also looked to his dog, Snoopy, for some help. And, and for Snoopy, the Christmas season was all, all about decorations and dining and dancing. First, Snoopy entered the super colossal lights and display contest. And then he wanted dinner. And then he wanted to dance because those were the things that would make him happy. Charlie Brown wants to be happy too, but he wants a happiness that's going to last beyond the fun things of the moment. And what, is what he really is searching for was a deep and lasting joy in his life. And then Charlie Brown's sister, Sally, thinks that she knows what Christmas is all about. It's about presents and gifts. So she asked Charlie Brown to send a letter to Santa. And to make it easy for Santa, Sally just asks for money, specifically tens and twenties. However, Charlie Brown knows that money is also not the answer to finding the true meaning of Christmas, and so his search continued. Finally, in an effort to help find the Christmas spirit, Charlie goes off on a mission to find the best tree he can find. And his instructions were simple. Get a great big shiny aluminum Christmas tree, maybe one that's painted pink. And as Charlie Brown and Linus walk through the Christmas tree lot, they see quite a few big shiny aluminum trees. They're tall, they're strong, they're colorful, they're flashy. Everything the world says is good. But Charlie Brown doesn't go for one of those trees. Instead, he finds a little scraggly tree that is overlooked by everyone else. You know, for 53 years now, since this Christmas classic first came out, when we see a sad-looking Christmas tree, or any tree that doesn't look quite right, what do we call it? a Charlie Brown tree, don't we? The tree Charlie Brown chose was not what the other children were looking for. It certainly was not what they expected. It's interesting that this story is a lesson for us in how God often works. It's not that God works in mysterious ways as much as God works in unexpected ways. Take, for example, the birth of Jesus. This was a birth like no other because the child was born in a stable and laid in a manger, but he was the son of God. More specifically, this was God coming to earth in the flesh and blood of a little infant boy. And now before, uh, never before had this happened, never before is it, and never since is it going to happen again. It was a unique, one-of-the-kind birth. It was the single most profound, most powerful birth ever to take place. And in the words of Charles Schultz, it was super colossal. 
Now, what we might expect and what to some degree makes sense is for this birth to uh, to have been proclaimed throughout the world and for Jesus to have been born in royal surroundings, waited on, cared for by the best that the world had to offer, but God didn't come the way we might have expected. Remember what Linus quoted from Luke's gospel you will find a baby wrapped in snug, or snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Jesus was born into very humble and unexpected circumstances. He didn't arrive in the holy city of Jerusalem, but in the little town of Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph were a young, unknown couple who couldn't find shelter in a crowded inn, so they had to settle for a stable. The infant Jesus wasn't laid in a crib with the finest linens, but in a manger with straw and hay. Jesus wasn't surrounded by attendants, but animals, and the news wasn't heralded throughout the palaces of the world, but throughout the hillsides of Judea. The first visit, the first to visit Jesus weren't the rich and famous. They weren't the powerful leaders of his day, not even the spiritually faithful The first visitors were a group of shepherds, a notorious and unreliable group of men. And God did not come that night as we might have expected, but it was all, that is always how God works. Much earlier in Israel's history, God chose an ordinary man by the name of Abraham to make a great nation. He chose the last in the line of brothers to be the greatest king of Israel. He chose the smallest family in Israel to bring forth the Messiah. God has always worked in ways that are unexpected. And that's how Jesus came into the world, and that's how Jesus lived his life. Jesus was not the kind of Messiah, not the Savior that people expected. He he called as his followers ordinary fishermen and despised tax collectors. He didn't lead a political revolt or a military coup, but instead talked about forgiveness, talked about grace and eternal life. And at every turn in Jesus' life, he was not what people expected. He didn't come to rule in power, but to show that power in love. He didn't come to to strong arm people, but he used his strong arm to serve and to sacrifice for them. In so many ways, Jesus was not what people expected, but that's always how God has worked. And today, even today, God comes in unexpected ways. One of the ongoing challenges given to us is the birth of Jesus, uh, to us in the birth of Jesus is that if we want to see God in the world today, we need to look for God in new and fresh and unexpected ways. Can we open our minds and our eyes and our hearts to see Jesus as he moves today in the world around us? Jesus came to Bethlehem 2,000 years ago as a baby, and he lived as a man throughout the region of Galilee. He died on a cross just outside of the city of Jerusalem. But Jesus hasn't left us. He is still here in the person of the Holy Spirit, and he still moves in our world today. Jesus said that when we reach out to the poor and to the lonely, to the hurting, to the hungry, we are reaching out to him. Can we see God in the world around us? Can we see God in the unexpected people and places 
and events of our lives. And when we see God, can we love him? When we see Jesus, can we still receive him? See, the tree that Charlie Brown picked out was not what the children expected, but Charlie Brown could see something special in that tree, and so he chose it and he made it his own. And even when the other children said that it was foolish, Charlie Brown took it home to decorate. Charlie Brown took the one red ornament and he placed it on the tree and the tree bends in half. He thinks he's killed it. And he says that everything he touches is ruined. Maybe some of you are feeling that way today. You feel like everything you touch in life gets ruined and that all your failures and your mistakes are just too many to overcome. Maybe you feel like your sin is just too great to be forgiven. Maybe you've made a mess of some things in your life and you're loaded down today with guilt and shame. If that describes you, then the good news of the angels is just for you because we've been given a savior and he saves us in the most unexpected way. The prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament says this about the Savior. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so that we could be whole, and he was whipped so that we could be healed. Our sin, as well as our guilt and our shame and the penalty of that sin, was laid on Jesus, and Jesus paid the price for all of it. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says he personally carried our sin in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, we are made healed. We are healed. And I don't know if you noticed it or not, but the ornaments on our Christmas trees this year are all red. These red ornaments represent our sin. These are all our failures. It's all of our brokenness, our pain, and all those ways of living that we know are not what God would want for us. So let's face it, on our own we are just like Charlie Brown and we can't get everything right in life, which is why we need a savior. We need a savior to take away our sin and that's what Jesus does and that's why Jesus was born. In Luke 2, we read the message of the angel, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus took our sin to the cross, to the tree, and on that tree he paid the penalty for our sin, which was death. And today we want to give each of you a red ornament to take home as you leave uh, this room today uh, as a reminder that Christ died for your sin. It was our sin that took Jesus to the cross, and when the sin of the world was placed on him, he died. And with that big red ornament bending that little tree in half, Charlie Brown's tree looked destroyed. But you know what? The tree doesn't stay that way. See, the love of Charlie Brown's friends surrounds the little tree and brings it back to life. And it is the love of God which brought Jesus Christ back to life. 
Jesus died to take away our sin, but the love of God brought him back to life, and it wasn't God's love for Jesus that raised him from the dead. It was God's love for us that raised him from the dead. God came to us in Jesus because God loves us. God took our sin to the cross because he loves us. God raised Jesus from the dead because God loves us. And if the love of God, uh, if the love that God has for us can overcome the grave, then the love that God has for us is greater than any power or any force in this world. And that same love of God is greater than any power or any force at work in your life today. Whatever darkness you may be facing, the darkness of doubt, of fear, the darkness of loneliness or despair, the darkness of grief or pain. Whatever darkness you are battling this Christmas season can be overcome by the light of God's love. In Romans chapter eight, the Apostle Paul says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all of creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. St. Paul tells us that nothing, nothing will ever separate us from God's love. Not our failures, not our fears, not our doubts, not our sickness, not our sin, for our sin has been taken away and through Jesus we can experience forgiveness and eternal life. And when we place our faith and our trust in that child born so long ago who died on the tree but then rose again, then nothing can separate us from God's love. It is the love of God that brings us life and that life is eternal in nature. Maybe the most famous verse in all of the Bible is John 3:16 for this is how God loved the world he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life the angel in Luke 2 says it this way i bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people the savior yes the messiah the lord has been born today in bethlehem the city of david and you will recognize him by this sign And again, you won't find God where you might expect, but the angel continues, you will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. The verse immediately after the most famous John 3, 16 verse says this, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him and through the power of God's love for us all. And my friends, that is what Christmas, and that is what life is all about. Before I close these moments together in prayer, let me just say that I don't know what brought you here today. You might be here because you're making somebody in your family happy, or maybe it's part of your Christmas tradition Maybe you're just curious about faith. You may be here because your friend asked you to come. But no matter what brought you here today, we're glad that you are here. And what I'd like to say to you is this. Please don't dismiss Christmas. 
or Jesus as too much out of touch for the real world that you and I live in, check out what the Bible says about Jesus and find out what he really said and did and who he hung out with and who he challenged because that's the God who we celebrate today. He is a God who loves us so much that he did something real. He did something radical and he became like us and died like we will, but then he rose again, all to restore God's relationship with us. All because God loves us. And what God asks in return is not that we do anything to try to earn that relationship, because we can't, but only that we realize how real is God's love for us, because when we do that, it will change our life. Let's pray together, shall we? God, if we were to be completely honest, we confess it makes no sense that you would send your son as a baby into the world as a down payment for our wrongs, to be paid in full on the cross of Calvary. It would make more sense to us if there was something we could do to earn it. And yet that's your offer to us. It has nothing to do with our worthiness, but only if we will believe in him. Believe that he was born as a baby and sacrificed himself for us. And so, Lord, today, whether for the first time or the hundredth time, we tell you that we believe. Help our unbelief. And for those today who are convinced, maybe even for the first time, Lord, accept this gift of Christmas. Accept uh, our, our knowledge that we are sorry for our sins and our wrongdoings. Come into our heart and help us uh, all at once or little by little to be transformed into that person that you've created us to be. We celebrate and we remember Christ as a baby, but also as our Savior and our Redeemer. And we pray all of this in his name. Amen.